Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you've wanted to go behind the scenes with your favorite sports figure or entertainment personality, this is the show for you. Darnell has successfully bridged the gap between both and is ready to share his stories and his guest stories with you. Now, here's Darnell. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the second edition of OTS, Outside the Spotlight. I am your host, Darnell Autry. I wanted to uh, give a quick thank you to uh, my guests from last week, uh, Coach Tim McBurney. I know they got a game today, so I wish them luck. But I want to thank you for being a guest. And also, I want to thank uh, Gil Tyree uh, for calling in, uh, for showing so much love. And I really, really appreciate that. And also, my brother Byron for calling in and... uh, uh, you know, being for all his support. So, folks, I, I'm extremely, extremely excited today to have my first guest in here. Uh, he is uh, one of Georgia's finest. Um, I, I can't. I, he was my one of my idols when I was in high school. I, I mean, just an absolute beast. Uh, I'm I'm here with my man uh, Andre Hastings. Andre, what's going on, man? Hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. Good <laughs> oh, to be here. Been man. a while since I seen you, but oh, it's good to see you. Oh man, you was you was an animal in high school. When I was watch your stats, and I you used to put some national numbers up in high school. And and you know you went to Georgia, so uh, you know you're from Georgia, right? Yes. Yeah, you're from Georgia. Born and, and raised. B- born and raised. Okay, in Atlanta, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, and then you ended up at Georgia, mm-hmm. and then you played ball there, and then you got drafted by Pittsburgh. Yes, sir. And then from there you went to New Orleans, mm-hmm. and then from there you went to Tampa Bay. Correct. All right, cool. So let's let's rewind it. So I want to give people the general overview. Uh, let's rewind to like in high school. Like I read something about you in high school. Like you was like the number one like high school player coming out of Atlanta. So I just I I don't even know what that's like. I'm not I'm not nowhere even <laughs> close to that level. I wasn't national at all. I mean I barely was the best player like at my high school. So. I mean, what was that like, man? How was that? I mean, how did you go through that process? I mean, you you 18. I mean, you got national. You you won a national spotlight. How did you handle that? It was. It's funny where I'm from. We just play sports. Like right. you play baseball, basketball, football. You just play sports. So I was just doing what all my cousins did. We were just playing ball, and right. so then the you know the notoriety started to come. And I couldn't figure out why. Like, what was the big deal? Right. The biggest thing was my uh, my mom is from a a place outside of where I Atlanta, about thirty minutes, called Griffin, Georgia. Okay. And the big thing to me was we played Griffin High in football, and so was to beat the hometown. You know, cause uh, where my mom's from, everybody's yeah. from. So it was more so things like that that was kind of that I was more concerned with. 
I didn't even really think about, you know, things, how it just kind of came to be. So it was just something that kind of happened, and next thing I know, I'm just there. Right, right, right. So then you started getting all these letters when you was like, what, a junior in high school? They started saying, hey, listen, Dre, I think you got a chance to, you know, you don't mind if I call you Dre, right? No problem. Like, no we're, problem. Tight, we're, we're tight like that now, so, you know, <laughs> my man, that's my guy, so I call him Dre. Uh, so you started getting letters in high school, like junior year, and you started say any what what I, I could actually go to school now i could i could use the football to to go to to go to college i mean so how, was that what you that was the thought that was going on or uh yeah definitely my thought at the time was you know coming from where i'm from my mom's in the military so mm. uh she had some of that there but i was thinking okay just coming from not having a lot i was thinking i want to have money Right. Okay. So <laughs> I, I had looked at, I wanted to be an investment banker. Right. So right, right. when I was in school, I was thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to learn how to be a banker because bankers deal with money. Right. So, you know, and so I was just kind of doing that. Then, you know, the sports started happening and then scholarships and start, you know, things like that. I also got offered academic scholarships. Like oh, my excuse, letters, excuse I, me, <laughs> I didn't realize I was in the presence of genius. Hold on, man. <laughs> if I'd have known that, I would have wore a tie today or something. Well, <laughs> you know, my thing was it was the competitive thing. Right. Like uh, I was in the honors classes. You know, I was not in classes with all my friends. I was right. in classes with the other people. Those people, right? So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I got to sit at the cool table at the lunchroom. <laughs> But my classes were with the people that, you know, quote unquote nowadays, I know the mean people, you right, know, I was in right. class with a different type of, you know, different type of people. So the letters started to come. I got letters from everybody. I ended up being the number one player in the nation, you yeah, know, when it was all said that. and done. Yeah, and so I got letters from, you know, from Harvard, Yale, Stanford, oh, you and didn't then. Know Harvard? You didn't want to fool that? You know, I thought about, you know, I was seriously thinking, okay, yeah, I go to school there. You know, those are the better schools and so on and so forth. But then the football aspect came in. Man, you would have dominated all them stats. Them stats would have been <laughs> ridiculous. Andre Hastings at Harvard? Come on. Them numbers would have been ridiculous. And so, wow. you know, as that was happening, you know, more and more started to come in. And then it really got, it really hit me when I started getting vo co visits from Lou Holtz. Yeah, and and the coaches legends. started to come. And they started to come to the games and stuff like that. Right. It really started to kind of change you know as far as like what i really realized what was happening right right and that's and i read i read another article that said that uh, obviously you know during that time they started you know really publicizing national signing day and all that stuff what the, right. where, what's the number one what's the where he's where's he going what college is he picking and i i read an article that you you decided not to do it the day of like it, it seemed like you were still trying to figure out where you wanted to go, where you wanted to be. How did, how did that go by? I mean, I, I, I was like, wow, that, that man just bucked the system. He's like, nah, I don't want to decide right now. I'll let you know when I'm ready. <laughs> well, no, what happened was, I mean, it, it, actually, I watch it now. You know, the All-Star, uh, is it Under Armour now? I think mm -hmm. that's the All-Star game. Right, right. We were actually the first one. It was uh, played in Reno, Nevada. It was oh, wow. uh, me, Jerome Bettis, Drew Bledsoe, Ooh. Tyrone Wheatley, um, and I, I know I'm missing some guys, but it was a, a bunch of guys that ended up eventually playing in the NFL. It was actually in Reno, Nevada. It was East versus West. Right. And so it was, that was the first, you know, I think it was the first All-American high school football game. Right, right. And uh, it didn't last. Like, it kind of, I don't, I think they did it one year after we left, and it kind of fell off, and now, obviously, it's back. Uh, when that started happening, you know, I started meeting guys, and, you know, the notoriety started coming. 
And as far as like me deciding on what school, I, you know, I took my visits and then I kind of narrowed where'd it down. You, where'd, you, where'd you go? Where'd you uh, go? I went to UCLA. Okay. Uh, Miami. Yep. Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Michigan. Yeah, and uh, none of those offered me a scholarship. So, okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Got you. They did not invite me. Okay, except UCLA. But I think that was just because I'm here. But anyway, go ahead. And so um, I, I took an unofficial visit to Georgia and Georgia Tech. Because you, you was there. I was so right was there, like, yeah. Okay, got you. And to be honest, it's kind of funny because I had really decided on Notre Dame. I'm going to go to Notre Dame. Uh, How do you turn it down, right? right? I mean, I, I, I'm going to Notre Dame. As I'm walking down to make my announcement, my mom pulls me to the side and says, Baby, I uh, I want you to go to Georgia. And if you know anything about kids from the South, right? Well, if Mama ain't happy, <laughs> ain't nobody happy. So uh, I end up, you know, right at that moment. I mean, up until that moment, I had decided wow. I'm going to Notre Dame. And as I'm walking to make my announcement, she pulls me to the side, says, "I want you to go to Georgia." I said, well, why you didn't tell me that a month ago? We could have said all this stuff. You know? And so she wow. said, I kind of wanted you to kind of make a decision. I was trying to push you in that direction, and you weren't leaning that way. So, so now I got to put the foot down and let you, let you. yeah, I got you. Right. That's Wow. So I, so Georgia must have been happy and surprised, obviously. I mean, if they thought that you were going to Notre Dame, Notre Dame probably was damaged and, and crushed. <laughs> Their feelings was hurt real bad. They were like, oh, what? We, we thought we had him. That's awesome. That's awesome. You go to Georgia, right, and it's obviously your hometown boy. You was number one high school recruit in the country. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got high expectations of you. Freshman year, what's going through your head? How are you adjusting? As, I mean, because now the stakes are a lot higher, right? I mean, this ain't high school. You're no longer the big dog. I mean, you, you're still the big dog because there's a lot of expectations, but there's, you know, juniors and, you know, sophomores, juniors and seniors ahead of you trying to. Yeah, it was, it was, it was strange. Uh, Garrison Hurst. And he was I, a beast too. Uh, he was a beast together. too. And we ended up being kind of put together. You know, I, I don't know if I can say this nowadays, but we we had a little hazing going on uh, back yes, as freshmen. Absolutely. So we became you know pretty close, you right? Because it was just kind of like hang tight with your freshman <laughs> class, right? right? Exactly. Look out for me. I look out for you. Right. right. And uh, the first game was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, mm-hmm. at night. Uh, national televised game. Wow. The person in front of me broke his leg, second series. Oh. So, okay, Hastings, <laughs> you're in. <laughs> wow. And uh, I was there, and the tiger was, back then, they still could do the tiger roar. Uh-huh, and the right, tiger right, was right. roaring, and it was it was pretty intense. I, I'd say that moment there was right. more intense to me than even playing in the Super Bowl 30 here. Right, right. You it's know. your first experience. You're a freshman. you got a lot of expectations on you. Right. So that's your first start. Right. I uh, make my first catch yep. and run straight out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> I declined the physical abuse. Yeah. Thank you I, very I, much. I ran straight out of bounds. Right, you know? I was right. like, okay. I, you know, then I was like, okay, okay, that, that wasn't that bad. Right. Uh, you know, and then it ended up being a pretty good game. So you did all right the first start, though? I did, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That's uh, Did you score? Uh, no, I did not. I did right, not. I did right, not. right. Okay, so you did. So the freshman year, I, I, I don't know. How did you guys do as a team? I didn't really get, you know, was you guys decent? Uh, we, we, we did okay. We did, we did decent. I ended up getting uh, freshman of the year in the SEC. Uh, why not? Right. Yeah. Okay, why not? Just and, won every damn thing else. You <laughs> might as well give him that too. Okay, fair enough. Got so uh, it, it, was, it was pretty good. We, um, at the time, um, uh, 
University of Georgia was known as a running school. You know, they had Tim Worley, uh, Rodney mm-hmm. Hampton. It was uh, running back, Herschel Walker, running yeah. back you. And uh, shortly, you know, after that freshman year, going to sophomore year, we became uh Passing well, university. Absolutely, because it got Andrew Hastings. Why wouldn't you? I mean, that's <laughs> a, absolutely. Uh, we got a better quarterback, a guy by the name of Eric Zire, yeah. shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And uh, and with Garrison running the ball, I mean, we started winning more games. And I think we won more games each year, you know, that I went there. We ended up, uh, I think my last season, we finished third in the country, like 10 and 1 or something like that. Ooh, yeah, so. ooh. And then you guys went to a bowl game, right? That yeah, year you yeah. guys played. Uh, uh, we played Ohio State. Uh, uh, Doc Smith. Ah, yes, 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 yes. So you win that game, uh, and it's, you're a junior, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so now, like, you know, because I went through that kind of that, that stress, you know, because, again, it was sort of like for me was that came, same kind of situation when you were talking about in high school. You just did your thing. Like, you was on the field. You just did your thing. It was never in my mind to be a pro. Was it in your mind that you were like, I'm going to Georgia, and then I'm gonna be an NFL player. Like that's. Did, did you see that? Did you think that that was a possibility? Did you think? Mm, not at all. It, it hit me very similar to what happened in high school. Right. All of a sudden, people are like, so are you coming out? Yeah, uh-huh. like coming out of where? What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And then you know, people start talking. Okay, well, you don't want to get an agent yet, and, and this, and then more people start coming around, and you, you know, I, I, I don't know how much I can say as far as the NC two A. You know, more agents, you would see Speaking more people the, around. Yeah. And see stuff. It was a different time then, though. Yeah. The rules was a little bit different. No, they right. weren't the same. But either way, so so you had all this, all this. All these people around, right? Everybody telling you one thing. Obviously, the team wants you to stay. The coaches want you to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got agent pressure. You got you know NFL pressure. And then you got your family. Now I don't know what kind of family, what kind of upbringing you had, but you know everybody wants to earn money and be able to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. So you got that kind of pressure on you. Uh, how did you? How did you get to the decision? Get to the point where you say, you know what? I think I should forego my senior year and really take a shot. Um, I, it was a night. Uh, Garrison and I were roommates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm laying on one side. He laying on one side. We both sitting there. He's like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "I don't know. What do you think?" He, mm-hmm. And then I go, "Well, I, I don't know." Right. <laughs> and then I go, "Well, you know what?" I, I say, "I'm gonna go." And he goes, "Okay. Well, then I'm going too." Wow. And so it was. I don't know how I came to the decision, right? But it was just more so like you know, one. It was just one night. We just said, okay, we both going, and we'll see what happens. Right. And of course, that's you know, that's a whole other process in itself from the time you decide to the actual physical, the, the draft part. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other processes that I want to talk to you about um, after we come back from break. But uh, so you, so that's the luxury you had that you had Garrison there to be able to say, okay. You know, because you got kind of had the same kind of experience, right? I mean, you right. guys were the same teammates, you had the same different. Uh, okay, so I think we're ready to, uh, yeah, I think we're ready to go break. So we're going to go to break, and then uh, once we get back, we'll talk about the whole process between you know, college, you know, making the decision, and then actually being drafted. Okay, great. Okay. Uh, Darnell Autry, Voice America, OTS. We'll be back. <laughs> The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Not going 
Shaquille O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. His foot is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first Internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, thank, thank you, Shirley. I don't, I don't know if that's the girl's name. <laughs> I never met the girl, but I think it's funny. Uh, so... I. Uh, uh, yeah, if you guys have a question, please you know please call in. Uh, you know we're here. We want to we want to talk to you. Want to hear what you guys have to say. I'm here in the studio with Andre Hastings, and we just got done talking about uh, the process from when he decided that he was going to go ahead and uh, you know forego his senior year at University of Georgia and, and put his name in the draft. And so we're sort of picking up on that and and the process and and the pressures because uh, you know I, I went through some some of that stuff as well. And so it's it's always great for me to hear somebody else's perspective that. You know, and see what they how they perceive the whole process. So, so you decide to go pro, and then so now the now the agent selection process happens. I mean, what, what did you leave Georgia right as uh, winter year, or did you finish out your junior year? How did you how did that go? I finished out the academic year, so I, I was still there. And it, my house at, in Atlanta was fifty nine miles from uh, from school right. from the, from okay. the dorm. Okay. So it okay. wasn't you know I was there. And my mom wasn't trying to hear leaving no, leaving those she classes. Was not pleased. No, no, she no. was like, "Listen, if you're gonna do this, you're gonna finish up your junior year at right, least. Right, at least, exactly. Okay, so you finish up your junior year. Now, now, where do you go from here? How did you? So you have a variety of people that, obviously, you're interviewing agents. Right, right. right. So how did that work out for you? Uh, well, actually, my agent kind of had an ace in the hole. Uh, back when I was in high school, mm-hmm. Deion Sanders was with the Falcons. Uh huh. 
Dion came to one of my high school games. You know, mm-hmm. like on you know for whatever reason, just to watch you know a little something. Right. So I kind of met him in high school. Ah. Oh, okay. Right. My agent was his agent. Ah, oh, yes. So, so how do you turn? How do you turn that down? I mean, you got prime times agent. Come on with that. I mean, right, how do you? Right, right. Oh man, that's ill. That's sick. So um, you know, after you know, I interviewed a couple guys or whatever. But you know, after I you know meeting Eugene Parker was my agent, and right. uh, you know it was. You know, pretty much a done deal. He kind of, I was already there, pretty much. Right, right. So then, how did, how did? So you got, so Eugene Parker's now your guy. So now you, everybody's projected as to they're trying to say, okay, where, where, where were you projected to go? Where did, they, where did they tell you when you first, when Eugene was talking? You're like, hey, listen, I know Eugene's probably was like, hey, you can be a first rounder. But what was the the general consensus. What was you? What were you hearing? How was that? Uh, they would say you know one through twenty six. You know somewhere in there. You know not not in the top ten. Right, know, right, saying, right. You know somewhere between ten and and twenty six. Somewhere at the time. You know somewhere. So so that that you were like ah oh, yes the numbers was right. So then you did you go you went to the combine? Yes. Okay. Now how did you run? How did you perform? How did that all go? Uh, went to combine, did all the interviews, took the physical, did all that stuff. We had a pro day at our school uh-huh. at, at the university. We had it there. Um, and so I didn't do any testing at the combine. I did all my testing back at school. Right. And, uh, they ended up really working against me because that day that we tested at school, it was freezing rain. <laughs> it, 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 it was terrible. That couldn't have helped the forty time. I'm uh, sure that no, could not no, have no. helped the forty time. It didn't have the forty time at all. But <laughs> it ended up working out okay. I mean, I tested out okay, but it mean, obviously could have been better, you know, due to some conditions. But it worked out pretty good. Right. So during that, pro- who all who all was there? Who all was interested when you started talking about? Uh, I, we, I think we pretty much had every team there. You know, Garrison up been the third pick in the draft mm-hmm. so uh we had pretty much every team pretty much was there right yeah. right right so so now you went to the combine you tested your agents like listen don't worry about it we're gonna you know you're gonna be all right we're gonna take care of that so now day of draft okay mm-hmm. it's draft day where are you at uh i was at home okay with, with the family just you know relaxing. Party, have party, no no have no 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 just just moms she cooked some food you i mean the music in the background <laughs> no nah, it, it was it, this it, rich it, 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 it was pretty laid back we were pretty laid back uh, you know my mom she's a pretty sensible person she keeps me grounded so right, right. uh it was pretty laid back she we had some food just kind of you know waiting around to see what was, was going to happen had a couple teams that had expressed interest you know that came by they didn't pick me up i'm like okay oh yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. right yeah. right right then uh, I ended up going to Pittsburgh. Okay. And uh, the good thing about that was, and this is kind of strange, my guy who recruited me to Georgia mm-hmm. and my coach for the first two years at Georgia was the coach in Pittsburgh. Ah, yeah. The so they're, they're intimately, they, they know you very well. They right. know what you were capable of doing. And what, what, what round were you drafted in? I was drafted in the third round. Okay. Yeah. So you so was that was that first through third then? They're doing first through third yeah. and then right. exactly. I got you. I right. got you. Was it nerve wracking though? I mean the first round goes by, you'd be like, Oh man. Is you Eugene's like, Hey listen, don't worry don't worry, relax. We got this. We got this. And then, were you were you stressing? Were you like, Oh man, what's going no, on? What's I, I going on with all this? I, I didn't stress about it because I knew the coach for Pittsburgh, he had already called me. You know, and you know, kind of listen. Worst case scenario, if you fall, we gonna we gonna take you. Don't right. worry about it. Right. Don't worry about right. it. Right. Okay. So then, so then, you get Pittsburgh picks you up. You guys are all fired up and pumped up. Third round. Now you got 
Now you you got money now. You got you know you 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 own the presses now. How I mean how are you how are you handling all the the new attention or is it the same kind of thing that you always had since you was in high school and that was it always the same kind of. Well, I think I treated the same. I mean, it was pretty much the same. I didn't go out and do anything crazy. And being from, you know, being from Atlanta, right? Going to University of Georgia, so anything to do in Atlanta, I had already done, you know, or (laughs) was doing, you know, at the time, you know, from you know, I laugh people who know about Freaknik, right? Right, absolutely. I've been there since the first one, you Mm -hmm. know. So we kind of knew about all those things, and and so even. You know, being there when I was in high school, I mean, I was in high school and in college, you know, I would go places, you know, in Atlanta. People would know so or you whatever. Was fam- you was famous since high school. So that that new fame didn't really affect it. Didn't, didn't, didn't affect change, much. Didn't, didn't change, change me much. at all at all. Not That's at all. That's awesome. Because you seem like a really humble dude, though. I mean, to have, you know, that so much, be given so much so early and then still be able to. You know, again, now you're a pro, and I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you know any other professional athletes other than the guys that you, you know, played with, but that's a pretty big deal in your community, I'm sure. It yes, was like that very. was that was really awesome. Uh, so now you you're in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, totally different than Atlanta, Georgia. Completely. Different. <laughs> <laughs> you got the winter. You've got a different mentality. You've got a different whole different kind of cultural everything. Yes. So how are how so? Please go through the first year with me because I struggled mightily my first year because I just I felt like I was just thrown into this big, huge uh, whirlwind tour of I had no idea what I was doing. So please walk me through your first year as a Pittsburgh Steeler and how that went and who you played with and go through that for me. Well. Remember, Atlanta's hot Atlanta, <laughs> but Atlanta's country. And so I, I'm, a, I'm a country boy that went to a country school in Athens. <laughs> and so I got to Pittsburgh. And the big thing for me really was the weather. Right. Like the 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 cold, just being completely cold <laughs> all the time. You know, in Atlanta, we get a half inch of snow, the city shuts down. Nothing right. happens, airports closed. You know, I'm there. It's chill time, right? Is there, well, there's a little right. frost. Everybody just shut it down. Right. And for uh, you fans out there who don't know, there's no such thing as calling in when you're in the NFL. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It doesn't matter if you got the flu. It doesn't matter if you're sick. You have to show up to the facility you know, on the days that desire. There ain't no off days. Right. There's no sick days. Right. If you're sick, you're sick in the training room. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, get there. Uh, it, it's cold. Luckily, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't think there was anything I would change about going to a place like Pittsburgh. Right. Uh, fans, have, fans are rabid. Right. I mean, they love them some Steelers, yeah. for sure. And it's the thing, I was talking to somebody about this today. There are certain teams around the NFL that have a system, a winning, proven system. Right. The system works. They plug different people in, and they just keep winning. And so you kind of learn to have that mentality there. I got there, and Rod Woodson, you know, one mm-hmm. of the greatest corners ever. Absolutely. You know, uh, also has the same agent, Eugene Parker. Uh-huh. So I would be there, and obviously then I'm running practice squad and things of that nature, so I get to go against Rod every day. Oh, Nice. That's hours of entertainment, I'm sure. Right. So, you know, I would go against Rod and, 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 and do things, and then I, Eugene would call, 
And he said, how was it today? I said, okay, it did pretty good. You know, I, I beat Rod a couple times and da-da-da-da-da. Then he would call Rod. <laughs> so then I'd come in the next day. He'd be like, Rod, be, okay, young buck. I, I, I got oh, you covered. Wow. I got you covered. You, you would be like, oh, yeah, Rod told you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Andre said he totally smoked you a couple times. So now I'm like, oh, okay. Right. And so that there made me be better because if he shut me down, he would tell me why. Ah. I mean, yeah. something as simple as, you know, when you line up, when you're getting the ball, mm -hmm. you move your fingers. When you're not designated, you have a fist. Ah. Little things yes, like that. Yes, yes, yes. That kind of helped me be get better and get better. And throughout that, that first season, I started to get a little bit more playing time here, a little bit more there, a little bit more. Towards the end of the season, I was in there a little bit more regular. And so it really, I wasn't, you know, as some guys, I wasn't thrown right into the wolves. I was kind of brought along. Right. You know, and I think that really helped me. Right, right, right. So what was the, what, what was the media like? What was, was the media like? Hey, you know, we want to see Andre. I mean, we draft him third round. We want to see him. We want to see what he's doing. Was there, was there pressure from the media? Cause you know, media can work. Work yeah, against they can. you and make it work for you. Yes. I mean, they could add stress to it and make it a lot harder for you to do your job. So was the media on you? Like, well, let's. You know, when, when is he going to play? When is he going? You know. Well, you know, actually, I, 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 when I was out there, I, did, I performed fairly well when the media could see. I think one of the first games that we actually played, we played in Barcelona, Spain, and it was mm. us versus the 49ers. Ah, what year was that? Uh, that would have been '93. Okay. Ninety-three. Okay. It was us versus the 49ers. Mm -hmm. Me being the person I am, I watch the greatest. I see Jerry Rice. Right. Okay. So I'm watching him. We line up for one-on-ones. He run a curl. When I get up, I run a curl. He catch the ball. He run thirty yards. I catch the ball. I run thirty-five yards. <laughs> you know. So I, I, you know, I was kind of right. picking up. So I was picking up on some things there and just really learning about work ethic and you know what it takes and you know. What really separates some guys, you know, some that the average fan may not know is there's a few really, really special guys out there. You know, the Deion Sanders, the Rod Woodsons. Right. Everybody else is pretty much the same. Right. They're pretty much the same. And then it goes down to who has work ethic. Who's in the right system where the people want them to be successful? Absolutely, yeah. And, and there's some other factors that people don't really understand that they just think, you know, this person, if that person had to went to another team, right. they'd be a totally different person. Absolutely. So like that, those twos and threes that are on a team that are back up somewhere, if they get in the right system and go to the right team, now they're starting somewhere else. Yes, yes, yes. Or I, I mean, I see certain players around the league, you know, wherever the coach that drafted them go. They seem to keep going there. Right, right. So. That's a, I think that's job security. Yes, that's what they call that. They call that job security. All right. Well, I'm in the I'm in the studio with uh, Andre Hastings. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna take another quick break here. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna talk about what Dre's up to now, where he's been. Uh, you know, well, actually, before that though, I want to I want to get on the Super Bowl because you know I never went to a Super Bowl, so I want to know what he what his thoughts were uh, on the Super Bowl and how that all played out and how he ended up in um, <laughs> here in Phoenix when it's <laughs> hot as Hades in this camp. So. <laughs> Uh, we'll be right back. Darnell Autry, OTS, Voice America. We'll be back.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. He'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry. If you have a question for Darnell or his guest, please call 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to Darnell at DarnellAutry.com. Now, back to Outside the Spotlight. Ah, yes. Welcome back to OTS. I'm here with my guest, my man, um, Andre Hastings. And we were just talking about... um, uh, his his first year at, at Pittsburgh and and how uh, he was developing uh, his game and and you know working through the system as 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 a rookie and uh, you know I I really wanted to visit revisit with him about um, the uh, the Super Bowl and how that came about and like get his sense of of uh, um, the media and things because I know you know he, he had had some struggles and I know that we we you know I, you look it up online or whatever and, and and you know sometimes the media can get the get the best of us at times yes and so you know I, I wanted to get his feeling on that because you know it, it I, it'd be you know it'd be a mistake not to at least address it and let him be able to talk about it and talk about how he feels about you know how he was treated via media and and how he felt like you know his his end time at uh, Pittsburgh ended up but first I want to talk about the Super Bowl since it's here it was it was here in Phoenix so let, let's discuss that season and I know you was you was the man during that season you I mean you you were a big contributor on the team so how did that all how did that all turn out how did that go how did you how did you deal with that that year uh that, it was it, it was it was a big big year the year before we lost in the uh, in the championship game to uh, a long pass to San Diego. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so we were that's right there. Right. We were right there. And so that next year, 
coming around that next year, you know, we were pretty determined as a team. Uh, things were clicking. You know, we were playing well, great defense, you know, just kind of making things happen. Uh, things were going well. You know, we ended up making it to the big game. Um, it is a media phenomena, <laughs> crazy, you know. Fiasco. Yeah, it it is big. I mean. I don't. I mean, I guess the only thing that can really compare to it. I mean, and it's even on a bigger as, as a World Cup, you know. Right. And that's you right. know, you got the whole world here. It's mostly just American, you know, uh, thing. Uh, it's, it's it's a big thing, but the media can definitely uh, put a spin or kind of put a perception out there about any any player, any person. If they you know, want it, if, absolutely. If they want it, uh, and you know, to the point where two guys can do the same thing. One of the guys stay in the headlines for two months. Another guy never really hits the headlines. So, right, right. Uh, it is some biasness in the media. I, I've seen it, you know, on more occasions. I, and even now when I sit back and I watch, you know, some of the commentating, watch some of the things, some of the games, I'm like, so-and-so just did that last week. Right. And it's and not a big deal. It's not but a big now deal. a certain player does, does it, it. Now it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Because, you know, it, you know if, you, if, you go, if you just punch in your name, obviously, and you come up to Wikipedia, and then they come up and they have your little stats. And it kind of bothers me a little bit. And this is my point about the media and how it works. Is and, and, I, and I have no, I have nothing negative to say about the media. They've always been very kind to me and very yeah, thoughtful. Me and, too. You know, they've been very kind and thoughtful. And then at the bottom of that blurb, it's like he got this nickname, uh, Fumble Punts or whatever that is from some other, from two other writers or whatever. And that bothered me because now... I mean, how do you how do you go? I mean, how do you go in there and take that off? How do you go in there and defend yourself? How do you go in there and say, hey, you know, I don't, I, I don't agree with it. I don't like it. How do you how do you defend yourself? How do you deal with that? How do you? Well, have you seen it? I mean, yeah, yeah, I've seen, seen it. it yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a true statement. The, the pen is mightier than the sword, mm -hmm. especially now with you know the, all the media outlets. Right. So the best way to handle something like that, I feel, would be. To you know, always be as courteous and as as respectful as you can to the media. Right. Uh, with me being in Pittsburgh, uh, when all the media people, I would I've always respectful. I always say hello. Always when they're talking to me, I'm talking to them. So how's your family? How, right. How's your kid, John? You know, right. kind of more so like that. Just basic people skills. Uh, you get the guys. You know, some guys that really don't want to talk to the media or are a little bit more standoffish. Those are the guys they're always hammering on. So the thing is, is you can only try to put your best foot forward. You know, everybody's going to have a bad game. Right. Everybody's going to, you know, have some good games. Right, right. And so, you know, you never get too high with the highs. You never get too low with the lows. You try to stay right there in the middle. And the perception is going to be what it's going to be. You only can do so much for that. Right, 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 right. And so and that, and that sort of leads me into now, uh, you know, kind of, what you're up to now, because you know, here, here's uh, I don't know if a lot of you folks know this or not, but this man is like he's been traveling around. He's a he, he trains uh, trains dogs, and he actually shows dogs right around the, around the world. I've mm -hmm. I've read that. Uh, you also train um, athletes, right, for the combine Correct. and things mm -hmm. like that. And um, by the way, this man is still in in really good shape. By the way, I'm kind of embarrassed right now. I feel like I should have done some sit ups or something before <laughs> I came in here because man got you know. I mean, it's a little shirt, but still, he's got the muscles hanging out of it. So now I got to you know I gotta I gotta hit the gym after the show. <laughs> um, but no, so. It, it, so he trains dogs, and so speaking of the the media and the spin and all that, obviously the Michael Vick thing. So you got you that train dogs in the right way, 
right? Mm-hmm. And and the spin that you that you put on it, and and I, and I want to hear all about how you got involved with that and why why you're involved in that. But the whole, you know, it's interesting to get your perspective on how the media handled the Vic situation, since you're you're obviously a dog lover and an animal lover. Um, I, I don't agree with you know what he did, but obviously I I don't agree with the way that it was. Uh, spun and the way that his handlers and or his handle how he handled it specifically. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to get your opinion since you you're, you're now in training dogs and and mm-hmm. I'm sure I don't know if anybody's ever asked you I don't know if they've ever connected the dots for you. Yeah, whatever, actually, so. yeah. I mean, I've spoken on that many a times. Uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. It was like hey, this. Yeah, for the last damn time, this is it. I'm no, 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 <laughs> not at all. Uh, the, the thing with that is I, I I'm, I'm a dog lover right. and uh, and and I don't believe in what you know happened and what he was doing you right. know i don't know exactly what he's doing because i never i wasn't there and i didn't talk to him see see damn it see, but I, I got mine from the media as well damn so it. see this is my this what real quick this is my damn point okay so when i read things in the media right and people come up to me and go hey so what do you think about michael vick like listen i don't know the man i never met him i mean I, I i could say what i don't like on the outside looking in but personally i don't know him so I can't talk about him specifically. Right. I mean, so that that's, right, right. that that bothers and, and me so I, much. I, I have met him, right? Okay, okay. so, so that, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, and I, I mean, I, I you probably don't have enough time for me to go into <laughs> <laughs> like I would like to go into it, right? But the thing is, is I, I watch things, you know, and just like with the media all the time, things how they take things and and, and, and do certain things. But we all culturally, we get a lot of things from our culture and, and how we grow up and how things are done. Absolutely. Okay. So if you, if we could wind back time and ask Michael Vick at the time, but even before, hey, did you think you could lose everything you own, lose everything because you fought a dog? He would have said, no, I don't know that. I didn't think that could happen. Now, if I told someone, hey, if you take these illegal drugs and drive them across the country, we all know that that's a big crime and that can really happen. Uh, if you drink and drive, you know that's a big crime. Mm-hmm. But to some people, not to me, to some people, a dog is just an animal. It's just that you know, they don't view it. The big thing that I run into now with dog training is people anamorphosize dogs. They give them human traits. They talk to them like they're humans. Right. And one of the big things I have, the hardest thing I had to get people to understand is, Dogs do not speak English. <laughs> nobody, I, nobody. I laugh because I mean, it, nobody it taught sense. them. Nobody taught them what this word means. Right, right. But we we say it, and we say things, and we have expectations tied to those things. One of the biggest things is sit. We think put your butt on the ground, but how would a dog know that? And I give them this analogy: if I took a dolphin. And I put it in your pool. Mm-hmm. I gave you a bucket of sardines, just like they do at SeaWorld, and a whistle. And I said, I'll be back in an hour. I'll give you $10 million if you can teach the dolphin to flip, spit water, and wave. Would you walk out to the dolphin, grab a sardine, blow the whistle, and say, hey, dolphin, I want you to flip. I got a sardine for you. I have a sardine. Hey, spit water, dolphin. Right. Spit water. Hey, hey, wave, dolphin. Because you know a dolphin does not speak English. Right. But a dog doesn't speak English either. Right. But people do it all the time. Right. But going back to Michael Vick. Right. What he was doing, he didn't think he could lose everything for it because it's not a known thing. It's not a big thing. He grew up in a culture where they fight dogs. Right. His cousins, his uncles, everybody probably did that. 
at the time when he was growing up, he probably was doing it. But at this point, he got to the point where he could buy better dogs. Right. And then he could do more. Right. Okay. So he right. was doing something that he's been doing his whole life. Just like some people would argue against those guys out there that got the moose head on the wall. Right. And the deer antlers. Right. To some people, that's Bambi. That's right. the little Bambi that they read about. Right. Okay. Right, right, and right. so they would disagree with the hunting. Right. But hunting is a televised sport and it's a big deal. But people say, oh, well, the dogs didn't have a choice. You know, you, they put them in there to fight and this and other. Then I go to, they put men in the ring to fight UFC. Right. You know, it's, it's something that I never would have thought, like, even when this happened, I thought he would have got a big fine. Right. He would have to do some public uh, service announcements for PETA right. and things of that nature. And, and, and I'm sure he felt bad for it. Right. But to lose his everything and go to jail. Well, I think I to think, go to jail. Yeah, but I think the, is the, big. the key, I think the key to that, though, was either his handlers or him or whoever it was. I think they, they handled it all wrong. All that I think for me. If he would have come out from the very beginning and explained the whole thing, the whole shooting match, just like you said, I grew up my whole life doing this. No one around me said this was wrong. No one around me said, hey, you could lose everything if you keep doing this. If he if he just came out and explained it, he could have gotten a fine. He could have had a great, it could have been a great learning opportunity for PETA and for those people that don't really realize that it's part of the culture. It's part of what he's been right. doing since he was a kid. Right, so, just like now, I mean... And as a matter of fact, I can't say 100%. I think cockfighting is illegal. Right. I think. I think, but, it, I think it is. But too. I'm not But exactly, I'm not 100% sure. Right, right. Exactly. I don't know. It, right, exactly. So I see what you're I'm saying. I'm saying if somebody was cockfighting, right. would they lose everything? Millions of millions, would they go to jail? Right. They may right. pay a fine and then they kind of move on. Right. And I think that, again, he got hammered because he came out and just said, no, nah, I wasn't involved. Okay. Maybe I was involved with one time. Okay. No, that ain't my house. Okay. Maybe that is my house. Okay. No, I, no, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't at the rings. Okay. Maybe I was at the rings. Okay. No, I, I, no, I didn't own any dogs. Okay. Maybe I owned five dogs. And so I think it just kept piling on. If right. he just came out from the beginning and said, this is, this was my involvement. This is how I got involved. This is why I was involved. And and, you know, I apologize, and I know that there are people, and I do think in, in a, in a, I think he does love and loves dogs. I think right. that, they, you know, he loves dogs. I right. think he likes to well, see them compete. Right, I just think like, that's just, what it is. It's just like some, I mean, people, the people, all the people that were behind Mike Tyson. Right, exactly. Oh, they pumping them, they want to see him crush somebody. Exactly. You know, exactly. then when stuff started getting bad. Right, right. He was like, oh, okay, well. The, yeah, they started maybe. to turn. Right, right. You know? And so I think, you know, I, I mean, I feel bad for the guy, and I hate it to happen. I hate that that happened to him. Right. And he had to lose so much. That's why I'm so happy to see him do well. Even if he playing, I, he's playing a team that I want him to lose to, I want him to be phenomenal. Absolutely. Just because, you know, uh, he, he lost a whole lot. For that, and like I said, the price, and like I said, that's something. If I, if I took a gun and I shoot somebody, I know I can get in trouble for that. Like right. I know that's major, major. Uh, that's a cardinal sin. That's a big, big deal. Right, right. But like I said, to some people, I love my dog. I brush my dog's teeth every day. Right. You know, so I love my dog. Right. You absolutely. Know? Right. But you know. The point is that it's still a dog. I right. still treat him like a dog. Right. I love on him just like people see me do some of my competitions and the big type of obedience, and they don't realize that my dog's just like your dog. He's just as normal. We just have a better line of communication. Right. You know? Right, right, right. And so, 
that's how I kind of got into the dog training. I kind of, you know, morphed into it. A right, yeah. right. So you took the took your uh, uh, love for the animals and then said, okay, I think I could do this professionally. Now, is there, now, do you have a website? Do you train other people's dogs? Do you only train your dogs? I mean, how does that? No, I that? do it all. I mean, I train anything from service dogs to people for people. I try housebreaking. A lot of trainers don't do housebreaking. I do housebreaking. I also train other competitors. The competitive sport that I compete in, that's how I, I started. I started competing in a sport. Then, Which, I, what, what, what do you mean by competing in a sport? Okay. I don't really know nothing about okay. that, so go ahead. Well, the sport is called Schutzen, and, and it stands for sport dog in German. I was about to say excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> and the sport originated <laughs> in Germany. Right. What it was designed for is to test the breed suitability of German shepherds, okay. the specific German shepherds. Okay. And it's a three-part sport. It's like a triathlon. There's an, uh, there's an obedience. There's a tracking. There's a, 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 a defense portion. It's like a big combination of... Things, the defense portion, like where the dog has to defend you. Oh wow! So the people in the big padded suits and the dog jumps on them and all that stuff. Oh, that's hardcore. Right, but you have to you have to have a certain dog because they have to pass. A, a a starting test that says the dog is okay around people, it's good around kids. You have to pass that part first. <laughs> just uh, letting dogs loose and just letting right. them maul the cover, <laughs> right, right, right. maul the kids that are sitting around right. watching. Right, right. But it's really big in Europe. Like for instance, uh, the top six dogs here in the country okay. usually travel to Europe to represent America versus thirty other countries. Okay. Wow. And I've been on the world team uh, three different times with my oh, dog. Of course you were on the world team. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> why wouldn't you be on the all-world team? I mean, you've been all-world everything else. Why not all-world dog team? That's fine. Go ahead. And so basically what I did is I took the methods in which I was learning to train my dog for big competitions and started applying it to pet dogs. Like people ask me, hey, can you help me with this? Or I got a dog that I can't get housebroken. And I started applying the same tools to that, mm-hmm. then I said, well, I kind of like this, and I kind of morphed into doing it a little bit more, a little bit more. Then I started a company doing it. Uh, my company is Best in Show Dog Training. Okay. Uh, my website is biskennels.com, so it's an acronym for the business, uh, biskennels, with an S, dot com. Yes, kennels, okay. And uh, I started doing it more, and then I got a partner, and we started just really training dogs for, you know, all different things, whether uh, we train dogs, balanced dogs for people to have cerebral palsy. Uh, we train dogs for search and rescue tracking. Uh, you name it, anything to do with a dog, I pretty much can do. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, wow. Wait. Okay. So how often do you do these 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 events around the world where you – Okay. Well, they they have they have them uh, yearly. It's, okay. It's really like the Olympics. Like we go in there, you the USA team, and you take your dog and you go around the stadium to have a parade, just like the Olympics. Uh, it's it's once a year. Okay. But it was actually twice a year because there's two different big competitions. Right. But you have to make the team each year, so you have to go to the nationals first. Okay. You have to do good at the regional. Okay. Then you go to the nationals. The top six dogs at the national makes the world team. Once you're on the world team, then you travel because it'd be crazy for 30 countries to have to come to the United States. They have had it here, right? You know, the, the world championships here, and obviously the turnout was a little bit lower. So most of it, because people in Europe they can just drive, you know, four or five hours, be in a different country. Right, right, right. Uh, you make the world team, which is you know a big honor, and then you go there and you represent America versus uh you know like I said typically thirty to you know thirty other countries or so. Right. Uh, there's one person here in the United States that has won a world championship, 
uh, himself, a guy by the name of Ivan Balabanov. Wow. Uh, he has won, uh, you know, two world championships. There's no other American uh, that I know of that has won a world championship. There have been some people that have been close, but I mean, it's it's a big thing to kind of to kind of win that. That's that's awesome. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I, I was I was really excited to have him in here because I, you know, I, I've, I've this long standing like curiosity about where our passion as um, you know ex professional athletes where that goes. How do you how do you exercise the, the the competitiveness? Where does that all go? And folks listening to him talk and looking in his eyes about this is it, it's clear where his passion and his you know where his competitive drive has gone. It's it's clear that he's put it into this this uh, dog training, which I think is was really awesome. Because I was really going to ask him like, so where do we do you know? Because I'm I'm really curious because you know you see a lot of athletes that get done playing and they don't know what to do. They really don't have an outlet, so to speak, um, to get the instant gratification, to get the uh, the the physical part of uh, of what you used to have in the NFL, right. you know, to, to get the praise and the things that, you know, we're just grown accustomed to, grown accustomed to having, to mattering, you know what right. I mean, to being, uh, to be important, you know what I mean, to people care about what you're doing. Uh, and, and when you leave and you're no longer playing, you know, people don't, you know, your friends ain't your friends like they used to be, you know what I mean? They'd be like, yeah, you know, I was hanging out with Andre, I was hanging out at this club, he was hanging out, whatever. You know, like, oh, Andre Hayes, he ain't playing no more. I'd be like, I know, I ain't even hanging out with him anymore because he ain't even playing, you know? So, but when you're playing, you're the man, you know, when you're playing, they, everybody wants to be around you. When you're not playing, you feel that, and then you figure out, you try to figure out, what do you, what do I do with all the, with all this, uh, 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 I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it. The, the competitive I, 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 I thing, exactly you know what, what I mean? Like, I think a lot of us go through that, and I'm excited to have you in here to to hear where you've taken all that passion and right. where you've put it into. Well, you know, me, I think I'm a little uh, anomaly. I'm a little different. Like, for instance, in my house, there's no football paraphernalia. You sure? There's not one. Not thing. one picture. Not one thing. Not one trophy. Nothing. Not a uh, plaque. I don't even have my Super Bowl ring. What? My, no football cards or nothing? Nothing. Come on, Andre. Come on. Not, Not one, one thing. No no trophy room, no anything. I, I've never been that way. It was more of a job. Right. You know, and... As far as that goes, I leave it behind. Like, I don't, it's not one of the things that I talk about. Like, when I'm talking to people, like, for instance, with the dog training. Right. I'm just Dre the dog trainer. Well, now everybody knows that you're a dog trainer. Right. So now you can't hide from that. Now you're going to have people well, want to see not, your Super like, Bowl ring. Now, figure it's, that out. It's, <laughs> not, it's not hiding. So the transition for me was right. a little bit easier than I've seen other people kind of struggle with it. I, I never was one. To have an entourage at the club. Right. I, I right. never was like that. And so people say, you know, I, I'm more, you know, kind of when I meet people, even when I was playing, I'm just, hey, I'm Dre. How you doing? Nice to meet you. As opposed, I never wore a number, you know, or NFL medallion or none of that stuff. Like when, and matter of fact, a few of my friends that, you know, that I hang around with, like when I was playing, we would go places and say, hey, man, show them your NFL card. We can get in. You know, right. and I'm like, well, I don't, I, my car's at the house. Like, I don't even carry it. I'll tell you this, though. If I was, my name was Andre Hastings, believe you me, I'd be up in there, like, acting up, acting a nutbag with right. my name all on it, like Andre Hastings, bam, all in it. I would. I'm serious. I mean, I had a Super Bowl right. ring. I'm like, yeah, um, I'm going to be the VIP in the back. Thanks. I'll see you there. Right. Uh, so the transition was, I mean, it was easy for me. You know, I just always want people to 
judge me for who I am. Right. And I find myself most of the time when I'm some places like I'll get into conversations where I'm trying to defend other athletes because people don't understand or they don't know. Just like even when I was playing, let's say I'm I'm leaving training camp, I'm leaving the practice field. Mm -hmm. I would start out with this classic announcement. I promise you, I will try to sign everybody's autograph. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, I will not get to everybody. So that one person I don't get to, don't think I'm 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 a bad person or oh, whatever. That, that, it's just like I'm just trying to get back so I can take a nap. Absolutely. So I'm gonna sign up until this point here, and then that's it. And you can sign a hundred people's autograph. Right. That one hundred and one that you I'm miss. Pissed. He is a jerk. Yeah, Andre. He's a such jerk. a jerk. Yeah. He doesn't care. And you can't. And I I, I came to terms <laughs> with that a long time ago. Right. And I just accept it. You know, you can't please everybody. You can't make everybody happy. But what you can do is you can make yourself happy. Right. You can do what you can. And long as you feel good about what you're doing, it's okay. Now, do you do you miss it? Um, Paycheck. Got word. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> I wasn't even a million dollar guy, but you got word. I can uh, use that right well, you about know, now. Uh, you, you know, you missed that. You missed that, you know, that part of being part of a team and kind right. of having, having that camaraderie. But as far as like, you know, really, really, you know, have under desire. Like I get this a lot. Guys have a uh, a, a flag football team or something. Hey man, you want to play? I know you got them competitive juices. What I always like to do, I like to go play basketball with NBA guys because okay. I'm not as good as they are. Right. But I have to try that much harder. Of course you do play right. with the NBA guys. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you're right. under so, You just play with NBA guys, you know, pick up games. Right. So that, that's the kind of stuff I would get, you know, I get passionate about. But as of lately, I, I haven't been able to do that. You know, you're getting a little older, <laughs> so things start to slow down. And, Man. you know, you find other things you have to kind of do. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, like I said, Dre, I'm so happy that you came in, man. And, again, I... I can't thank you enough for being a part of the show, and uh, you know, hopefully, let's keep an open line of connection, uh, communication. I'd love to have you on the show again if you uh, want to come definitely. through, man. And like I said, uh, I'm going to post your your um, your web page for your dog training, and I, we didn't even get it. We didn't get a chance to get in your personal training stuff, but I'm going to put that on there as well. Okay, awesome. And I'll I'll give a little write up to that. So again, I want to thank Andre again. No he's problem. The man, uh, he's. Like I told you, I'm I'm a huge fan. I always have been, and uh, again, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you very much, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I really, really appreciate you tuning in to the second show. Uh, hopefully, next week we have a, a better show, and we have uh, uh, hopefully as as sweet a guest as we've had this week. And uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. Darnell Autry, Voice America, OTS. See you next week. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Outside the Spotlight with Darnell Autry can be heard live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Come back next week for another exciting show.